What's up, everyone? What's good? Welcome back to the High Wrestling Podcast. Um, it is episode 13, and it is the first time I'm doing back-to-back episodes, because last week I completely glossed over WrestleMania even happening, because I didn't know it was happening. I really had no idea it was happening until the morning of, because I have not watched WWE since, like, last year. So... That was, like, out of sight, out of mind. And to be fair, I thought it had already happened. So, I was way out of the fucking loop when it came to WrestleMania. Um, so, yeah, we're gonna talk WrestleMania. We're gonna talk the past two weeks of Dynamite because I finally caught up before I sat down and recorded an episode so we don't have to sit through another live watch. Thank God. Um, yeah, so mainly just WrestleMania and Supercard of Honor 2. I didn't watch it, but I want to, like, see the results of what happened. And then, also, I'm having an allergy attack. I just took my Zyrtec, so it's probably kicking in. I mean, I can breathe, but I feel a sneeze coming on. Like, it's that weird burning sensation in the back of your nostril. It's fucking annoying. Um... And then I wanted to kind of ask the question of who's going to go into the WWE Hall of Fame by the time that I'm a MILF. But we'll elaborate on that later when we get to it. Um, But first, I smoked on some orange tree from up north and I don't know why I feel just like at peace. It's a solid hybrid because I just feel like completely at peace right now. But other than that, there is not much going on. Like I, when I spent my days off watching wrestling, like uh, Wednesday, got up. Went to the beach, came home. It was early enough to where I could just sit and watch WrestleMania. So I got violently high and watched WrestleMania. And it was better than I expected. But yesterday, the fire stick fucking died. Because I went to change the input to the fire stick so I can watch night two WrestleMania. I can sit here. Like it was after I finished all my errands. I was like, okay, I'm going to go be an adult, come home, get violently higher than I was the night before and watch night two WrestleMania. Then change it to the fire stick. Fire stick just fucking gives out on me. Like fire stick is dead. RIP. And to be fair, it was one of like the first generation fire sticks and it was pretty fucking old. So, there's that, but I had to kind of, I think I posted it on my story, but I had to use my iPad and a Bluetooth speaker, because I was like, am I going to sit here and be mad that the fire stick doesn't work and that I can't watch WrestleMania on the TV, or am I just going to hook up this Bluetooth speaker to my iPad and watch it like it's a fucking, like I would watch it on the TV. I'd Tried to find a good metaphor, but I couldn't think of one. 
But anyways, I watched WrestleMania Night 2 yesterday, and then I caught up on the past two weeks of AEW. So it's it's a lot. It is a lot. So I have a lot of notes that I want to cover and touch on. But I'm going to take this moment here to take yet another hit and to blow my nose. And we're just going to get back into it. So as far as Supercard of Honor, now that Tony Khan has acquired Ring of Honor, I'm going to attempt to keep up as best as I can. Like a few of the names on the results are um, familiar to me, like Colcabana, obviously, AQA, Cheeseburger, Dalton Castle, Swerve Strickland, Brian Cage, Jay Lethal, Lee Moyarty, Matt Sedol, Mercedes Martinez, FTR, Briscoes, Minoru Suzuki, Wheeler Yuta, Jonathan Gresham. Like, those names are familiar to me. Um, but I think I only really wanted to touch on... Oh, yeah, and Samoa Joe returning to Ring of Honor. I think I really only wanted to... uh. touch on it because I just I'm ready to learn more about Ring of Honor and where to watch it too because um, that that's the most important part I know you can watch it on like Fight TV but um, now it's kind of like oh well shit where do I watch it so we're doing that research right now um But it's interesting because, like, even in last night's ep- or, or yeah, no, last night's Wednesday's episode of Dynamite, like watching um, or seeing FTR with the ROH championships, I don't know why, but it's just like fascinating to me. Because I've watched I've watched Ring of Honor in the past, I just haven't kept up with it as of late. But it's just it's always been so fascinating to me. Okay, so oh, you can watch a YouTube TV, so probably just old episodes. Okay, but as far as the results go, with no context whatsoever. I like that Jonathan Gresham won because I've heard things about him here and there. Like, I I have heard... I I was going to say I know that he's good, but I've never seen him wrestle. But, like, from here and there, what I've seen, like, his accomplishments here, that he's really good. So I'm excited to see where he's going to go, if he's going to make any appearances in AEW. Weather Yuta defeating Josh Woods. I saw the title on Wednesday, so that was nice. Well, Minoru Suzuki is a champion now. That's that's nice. 
He's always been one of my favorites, not even gonna lie to you, Minoru Suzuki. FTR. Excuse me, I had to yawn. But FTR defeating the Briscoes. Okay. I know in the past I've said that I can't get behind FTR. I don't see what the appeal is with FTR. But they have changed my mind. And that's a match that I actually want to watch. FTR and the Briscoes. Because I feel like they really fucking went for it. They really fucking went at it. You know, Mercedes Martinez. I knew she was going to be a future champion at some point, even when she was in WWE and like the small stint she had um, with the Thunder Rosa Britt Baker feud. Felt like she was a future champion, so I'm glad to see that she's, um, the interim ROH women's champion. Jay Lethal, I just only really see that clip of him and Ric Flair on Impact, where they were just doing the the woo-off. It was, um, iconic, if you will. Pretty iconic. Dalton Castle is someone that I really want to see in AEW because I can see him and Danhausen getting into a program. I really would love to see that program because I feel like they would work so well together. Or maybe they have in the past and I've missed it, but I want to see it now. So, before we get into WrestleMania and we start dissecting that, I want to circle back to the question I asked earlier of who's going to be in the WWE Hall of Fame by the time I'm a MILF, alright? And I'm using the term MILF because I don't want to use the term old, and I feel like I'm still going to be hot by the time I have kids. So, yeah. Um, Because I only really started thinking about that because watching Undertaker go into the Hall of Fame made me really fucking emotional because I grew up on, like, the last leg of his career. Like, I came into watching WWE like around WrestleMania 25 when he had that match with Shawn Michaels. I remember watching that. That was like a solid fucking match. And then like watching Triple H retire when I watched like his last DX run with Shawn Michaels and then like his last singles run before he turned into like corporate Triple H like that. That's not me crying, that's actually allergies this time. I'm having a runny fucking nose and it's fucking annoying. But yeah, like, it's just kind of emotional yet sobering 
to see like these legends like watch life catch up with them it's kind of sobering but also like if you think about it i was thinking about this when i was watching wrestlemania i was like watching undertaker have his like big moment when they acknowledge the hall of fame inductees the one thing i was thinking about was that fucking undertaker was on the very first episode of monday night raw in 1993 and he went into the hall of fame in 2022 like what's what's that math hold on damn near 30 fucking years god damn that is crazy and it's just like Every time you think WWE, you think Undertaker. Like, he's just so synonymous with WWE, you can't really separate the two. And to be able to manage that for over 30 fucking years is crazy. It's crazy. It's mind-blowing. And then even same for Triple H. Like, he's... I wouldn't say he's been around... He's definitely not been around as long as Undertaker, but for him to be around for as long as he has, and to still be working with the company, even if it's in a different role, he's technically already in the Hall of Fame, so I can't put Triple H on my list. But I do have a list here. I just had, like, those sobering fucking moments. It's just, it blows my mind. But my list... Who's going into the WWE Hall of Fame by the time I'm a MILF? Because I don't want to call myself old. And I didn't want to say by the time I have kids. Seth freaking Rollins. Hands down. Like, I feel like there's no... I feel like everybody on my list, there's no explanation needed. Because I say their name... And you run through the Rolodex of their accomplishments and iconic moments of WWE. And all you can really do is just nod your head and agree yes. So, Seth freaking Rollins. Need I say more? Sasha Banks. Her WrestleMania accomplishments video package. Or not her WrestleMania accomplishments. Her like... That video package they put together for her where they were just like listing her accomplishments and it aired like during Wrestlemania I don't know if it aired during the show or I just got it by watching the replay but that package of all of Sasha's accomplishments that alone gonna put her in the Hall of Fame if Kevin Owens doesn't go into the WWE Hall of Fame I am suing for his like for just everything, like his in-ring work, I would say, I would say, his mic work is just as great as his ring work, because I was trying to see if one outweighed the other, but no, it's just perfectly equaled out, like, Kevin Kevin Owens is definitely a future Hall of Famer.
Charlotte Flair. Much as as much as people don't want to hear it, Charlotte Flair is definitely going into the WWE Hall of Fame for obvious reasons. Bailey. Becky Lynch. The Miz. Roman Reigns. Dolph Ziggler. AJ Styles. I cut off the list right there because that's all who I could think of. The New Day. The fucking New Day. I cut off the list right there because that's everybody I could think of during WrestleMania weekend. But... I'm sure there's more that can be added to this list. Even all the new girls, because I was watching WrestleMania and I was like thinking about like... Because I came back to watching WWE in like 2016. And to see where everybody was in 2016, to see where they are now, and to even see where this new class of wrestlers are going... It's just mind-blowing, in a sense. Like, the growth is mind-blowing. WWE may not give us the best Oscar award-winning product, but when they deliver, they deliver. And it's beautiful to see the wrestlers grow within the company. You watch their characters grow like, over time, on television, and all that stuff. Like, it's just... I like the growth. I like the growth. But, um, yeah. There's gonna be a lot of nose-blowing breaks this episode because it's just, as I keep talking, it keeps, like, getting more congested. So, we're gonna take a nose-blowing break... And then we're going to get into the beast that is WrestleMania. When I tell you I swear I took a Zyrtec this morning. I already sound a lot better after blowing my nose there. But when I say I swear I took a Zyrtec this morning. Alright. I just fucking hate this time of year because I get spring allergies. And I feel like spring and even summer allergies are the fucking worst compared well i don't know i wouldn't say spring and summer allergies are the worst compared to like fall and winter allergies because fall and winter allergies can easily turn into a cold so i don't know i feel like just as a universal whole allergies just fucking suck and if you don't get allergies in the spring summer fall or winter Fuck you. Fuck you. That's all I gotta say. I'm I'm not even gonna apologize, you know? It must be fucking nice to breathe year-round. Anyways. Rant over. Um, but yeah, WrestleMania. I was expecting a shit show based off of, like... Everything prior to SummerSlam 2021, but then again, I have not watched since then, so I cannot speak on what's happened between Rus- uh, SummerSlam 2021 and WrestleMania 38. 
I don't I don't remember what year it is because I can't read Roman numerals past uh A cert. I don't. You know, I can't read Roman numerals past a certain number, like maybe twenty-five. But that's a stretch. So I'm get. I think this was WrestleMania thirty-eight. If not thirty-nine, I don't know. I don't know. And that one, I don't really feel like figuring out. Um. So. But yeah, as far as WrestleMania went, they delivered in the times where I didn't fast forward. Because I didn't watch all of WrestleMania. I wasn't going to sit through all of that shit. I just, for the most part, fast forwarded to the good parts. Um, For example, like I refused to watch... Logan Paul and Miz fight Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio because I don't care about Logan Paul enough. Um, I also don't remember watching Bobby Lashley and Omos. I thought it was Omos this whole time. It was Omos, actually. But yeah, no. I just I didn't watch all of it the parts that were, like, unbearable, I just fast-forwarded through. So, we're just gonna cover the parts that I saw, so let me actually find the match card, because I have my notes, which is one thing. But the actual order of matches would help me out a lot right now. Oh, it was WrestleMania 38. So, the Usos and Shinsuke and Rick Boogs. First of all, Rick Boogs, 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 tomato, tomato, potato, potato. That was a scary fucking injury because that didn't, that didn't look good. That did not look good. That did, I, like... Before I watched WrestleMania, I saw the results, I heard who got hurt, who won what, what the fuck happened, so... To watch his injury in real time, it looked pretty painful. It looked like it fucking hurt. By the way, I'm smoking a pre-roll. I don't remember what strain it is, because I just ripped the packaging off the pre-roll box just to get it open. So this is a mystery strain. Um... I watched the Usos for for the fact that it was the Usos, and I think they're for sure going into the WWE Hall of Fame by the time I'm a MILF. Um, because the title reigns, the athleticism, like, the one match that always comes to mind when I think of the Usos is Hell in a Cell against the New Day. I, I forgot what year it is, but that, that Hell in a Cell match against the New Day... Hands down, one of their best matches. And I, I can't. What was? I don't think that. 
that was the Hell in a Cell I went to, because I went to the one where it was the red light and The Fiend and Seth Rollins had that terrible match, but I don't think that was the same year. Because that was the year Becca, Becca, who the fuck is Becca? Becky and Sasha went at it. But yeah. Every time I I see or think Usos, I think of that Hell in a Cell match with um with the New Day. But I, even with what little context that I had, because honestly, taking WWE in small doses makes it like digestible. I've probably said that before in the past, but um, with no context, I don't see why the Usos wouldn't have won because why would why why wouldn't they win i'm pretty sure that if rick boogs didn't get injured him and shinsuke would have won those titles based on how the match was going and then not to mention when the Usos had 1D all over their gear, I know that it stood for one and done, but the directioner in me, that was, I was, it was hard to not think of One Direction when I saw 1D all over their clothes, but I'm like, one and done, not One Direction. Um... Sorry to Drew McIntyre, but I did fast forward through his match with Happy Corbin. Uh, yeah, with Happy Corbin. Um, mainly because I didn't care. Like I love Drew McIntyre, but from the build-up package, I didn't care. Like it just the recap and the build-up as to what led to this WrestleMania match didn't pull me in, like I thought it would. You know. Uh, also, fast forwarded through Miz and Logan Paul, like I said. But I will say, when Drew fucking cut the ring with the sword, like cut the ropes, I was like, God damn. Because I was, I was dead ass trying to figure. I'm not even gonna lie. I was dead ass trying to figure out if that sword was real or fake. But then it sliced the ropes, and I was like, Oh, that's a real sword. So. Also then, Becky and Bianca, match of the night for sure. I also love, I was like watching and I love that they gave Becky like the MCU level thing, like the the graphics for her Titan Tron. Because I was trying to figure out why did this look so familiar? And I see, I absolutely see. And then this, it was at this point in the night, because it was definitely between Becky and Bianca and Seth Rollins versus Cody Rhodes, where Sasha Banks had her video package of all of her accomplishments. And that's where I was like, oh yeah, she's going into the Hall of Fame. And that's what started that list of who's going into the WWE Hall of Fame by the time I'm a MILF. And then we had Seth versus Cody, which everybody saw coming. However, 
feel like they could have given Cody a new theme song in his new deal, you know, because kind of sucks. Not going to lie, Cody's theme kind of sucks. But for sure they would have given him a new one, but alas. Um, but Seth's reaction to missing out on WrestleMania should not be as funny as it was. Just, like, all feeling drained from his face. Like, despair had set in because he wasn't going to WrestleMania. And then it was even funnier when he went to Vince McMahon's office and found out that he was going to WrestleMania. His reactions. Iconic. And that's another reason why Seth Rollins is going into the WWE Hall of Fame. This whole visionary of drip gimmick. And I'm not even going to lie. I find Seth Rogen... Uh, Seth Rogen. Wow. Seth Rollins' visionary of drip gimmick and aesthetic. Like, it's just... It's oddly similar to fucking Klaus from Umbrella Academy. Because I was even... I think I even said this to someone, but like... He was just, the, his Wrestlemania gear was giving full-on Klaus from Umbrella Academy, like season two, when he became the Prophet. Um, but, um, when Seth came out, I was also trying to figure out what decade, per se, his entrance singers were supposed to be from. Because it was he was given a, a range of decades there. And it was a lot to take in. I also miss his old theme song. Because I, I didn't like this new... I didn't like the new Visionary of Drip theme. Like, it was a banger. But I miss, like, the, the other... I miss the Ready to Fight theme. This is just... I don't like this new theme. I know it goes with his gimmick and all, but I don't like this new one. I miss I miss the second coming. I miss the second coming. Seeing Cody in WWE again, I will admit it did give me chills. Like watching his entrance in WWE compared to watching his entrance in AEW, like it's just just now, like, thinking back in retrospect, I couldn't get behind Cody Rhodes in WWE because I feel like his style, his gimmick, whatever it is he was trying to do, didn't fit the AEW aesthetic, if that makes sense. Like, he's got, like, the big, larger-than-life entrance. He got the reality show. He got the judging gig on Go Big Show. That's something that is better suited for a WWE superstar. If that makes sense. And I know AEW tried with the, like, the reality show roads to the top and stuff like that. But they just... Not... Not to say AEW is a better product than WWE, but for me... 
the way I see it is that if I want to be entertained, I'm going to watch WWE. If I want to see people wrestle and fight, I'm going to watch AEW. And that's kind of where I feel on both companies. I don't necessarily want to be entertained all the time while I'm watching my wrestling. But that doesn't mean wrestling can't be entertaining without the glitz and the glamour and the big gestures, you know? Like, definitely, like, I wouldn't say get rid of the glitz and the glamour of wrestling, but there's also a time and a place for those types of entrances. Like, I feel like, at least for me, Cody lost his luster for me in AEW because he was trying to do that big entrance every week and try to prove himself as something. And it's just, you can tell that he's better suited in WWE for what he what he's trying to do and what he's trying to portray, if that makes sense. Um, I just need to know if there are going to be any references to the legacy now that Cody's back in WWE, because if we can reference, if we can reference the Straight Edge Society, I want to see some legacy references. God damn it! It's the least they can do for fucking up Randy Orton's theme song. I don't like this remix of Randy Orton's theme song with Matt. R- I don't like the combination Matt Riddle Randy Orton theme song at all. Period. I don't like it. It's too modern. It's too hip. Maybe I sound old. I'm not really that old. I mean, I do turn 25 on Tuesday. So, granted, I'm due for a quarter-life crisis right about now. But, I just don't like it. I don't like it. Not a fan. Um... Again, this is a this is a note that I put in my notes to keep up with everything, but I am going to reiterate it. Undertaker's entrance after like him in the Hall of Fame made me fucking emotional, I'm not going to lie. Like just watching him walk out and he like him and Triple H like hearing their entrances and seeing their entrances for probably what feels like the last time for a while made me really fucking emotional. Because Triple H was forced to retire. And now. Like Triple H was forced to retire. Then. Undertaker's going to the Hall of Fame. Fuck. See I'm getting emotional all over again. Just thinking about it. It's making me. Making me emotional. But um. Stone Cold and Kevin Owens was also a banger. That also made me emotional because that was like Stone Cold's last match. God damn it. That it's when I say that it's sobering watching all of these legends. Literally when I say that it's sobering watching all of these legends fucking
either retire or be forced to retire or just like have their last matches it's just like wow just the the feeling of it all in once is kind of just like wow wow okay and then um Naomi and Sasha winning the tag titles beautiful match from everybody involved but I just wanted to acknowledge that finisher that Naomi and Sasha did that was poetry in motion that last finisher they did poetry in motion right there beautiful um and then another thing that made me emotional was Pat McAfee I didn't I didn't know who this was cuz the whole time I was watching WrestleMania I was like who is this dude? Who is this guy? Right? But then like watching and hearing his story and like how he always wanted to have that WrestleMania moment and then like actually getting to watch him have his WrestleMania moment not only win a WrestleMania match but also kind of like have his moment with Stone Cold Steve Austin that's kind of just like wow. Can you believe it, you know? And then, final note on, like, my WrestleMania recap, per se, is that love him or hate him, Roman Reigns is more than deserving than his spot in WWE, and that feeling kind of settled in when I watched his WrestleMania match, because, again, I came in, I came back to watching WWE after CM Punk left, I think The Shield had just disbanded, and they were all doing their own things. Everybody was always giving Roman Reigns shit for being the, I hate to say it, but, like, of course, John Moxley, his time in WWE, he made the most of it, he did, like, his best, and same for Seth Rollins, like, when the Shield disbanded, they did what they needed to do with, like, their solo runs as solo wrestlers, right? Roman was always getting the short end of the stick for putting out good, if not better, matches than the other members of the Shield. Because they were all good individually in their own right. But you can't lie and say that Roman Reigns wasn't going to be the Justin Timberlake Harry Styles of the Shield. You can't sit here and say... Roman wasn't going to be in the top fucking spot because we had no John Cena. We had no Rock. You know how Vince feels about his big boys in the spotlight. Roman was always supposed to be the head of the table. And that's why everybody was mad. And I'm sitting here watching his WrestleMania match. Like, I wasn't even, like... Of course, I was annoyed that he was fighting Brock Lesnar because how many times have we seen Roman Reigns fight Brock Lesnar? How many times, how many years have we seen that, right? For me, I was just, like, thinking of his growth. Like, I was sitting there thinking about, like, his growth of a character from, like, 2016 to now. He was always supposed to be the head of the table. That's how it was always supposed to go. And just sitting there as a fan, I'm like, he is more than deserving of that. 
he's more than deserving of being the head of the table. He's more than deserving of this gimmick. Like, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful fucking thing. Um, but yeah. WrestleMania, I would honestly, I wouldn't say that it was the, okay, I'm gonna lie, because it was the best WrestleMania in, like, the past few years, like, I, I'm not even gonna sit up here in front, it was one of the best WrestleManias of the past few years, Yeah, no, there was nothing I didn't like about it, because if I didn't like it, if I didn't like anything about WrestleMania, I just fast-forwarded. So, yeah, um, that's pretty much it. That's... That's it for WrestleMania, I guess. Uh, Now, as far as watching WWE going forward, I may give it a shot, but I don't think that... Like, WrestleMania kind of, like, restored my faith and restored my hope in WWE. Um, I might just watch the pay-per-views going forward because I don't really care enough to watch it, like, week by week. Because I feel like if they do a pay-per-view every month, that's just a monthly summary of literally everything. So I technically only really need to watch the WWE pay-per-views. So, just saying, can make it work, can make it happen. But, let's wrap this up and get into some AEW discussions, because I have more discussions than I do recap of AEW this week, if that makes sense. So... Past two weeks of AEW, um, kind of just, instead of recapping, I kind of wanted to envision the energy of having a sit down with your friend about where you're at, what can improve, where, where you're going, you know, cause like, I do like the product that AEW is putting out, however, the past few weeks, I've been feeling as if it's been a lot at once. If that makes sense. Like, it's been a lot at once. Like, a lot. A lot, a lot. Um, because... I don't know why, I'm still getting that weird, like, up in the air, still trying to find their footing with storylines and stuff because it just it all feels like right now in AEW everything is just so open ended if that makes sense cuz like okay we got all these feuds we got the Andrade family office and the Hardys and I mentioned before how I get how that was the main way they could bring in Jeff for Matt, but I feel like they could have saved Jeff's debut for something else. You know? Um. And then even, like, Darby Allen and Sting being on the Hardy side, and then you got the whole 
and you got Andrade and Darby. I just, I'm not as super invested in this feud as I want to be because it, it's the Hardy Bros, right? Nostalgia. We love to see it, but I don't necessarily feel as if there's sustenance in this feud. And I feel like they really only set this feud up to bring in Jeff Hardy. And they didn't really have like a landing pad for them to launch onto after he made his appearance, if that makes sense, you know? So I'm hoping that it's just more than a nostalgia trip for the Hardy Boys, but ultimately, I'm excited to see them have one last run. I just feel like it could be so much more. They could be... I feel like instead of having the Hardys go after the Andrade family office, they could be building up like the other tag teams and getting them over right now. And I get that's probably what they're trying to do with Private Party and the Butcher and the Blade, but I mean, there's a bunch of other tag teams back there. Like, I would rather see the Hardys versus Jurassic Express and then, like, the Hardys versus the Acclaimed. The Hardys versus Top Flight. Hardys versus the Young Bucks. Like, I want to see more matches like that instead of focusing all their time on the Andrade family office, you know, because I get this feud has been building and building and building. They can keep the feud going in the background as the Hardys go after other tag teams. Um, but yeah, that's just how I feel about that. Even like. Adam Cole and Jurassic Express, I know that I like, I keep going back on what I say, because it's like one week I like long form storytelling, another week I don't, but it just depends on how the story's told. Because I feel like Adam Cole has been feuding, specifically Adam Cole only, has been feuding with Jurassic Express since he showed up. And I feel like, okay. So like, Hangman Page, Jurassic Express, I feel like, how can I put this, how can I put this, I'm trying to figure out, I can't think of how I want to put it, but it's just like, I feel like Adam Cole has only been feuding with Jurassic Express because the Young Bucks were feuding with Jurassic Express kind of when they showed when he showed up in AEW. So I feel like he's only mad at Jurassic Express because the Young Bucks were mad at Jurassic Express and he's just dragging it out for no reason. Like the way that they did the CM Punk MJF feud was beautiful. They closed out that chapter. Now MJF is focused on Wardlow. As far as Adam Cole and Jurassic Express, it feels like that is being dragged out longer than it needs to be. 
and I'm not a fan of it. However, circling back to the Wardlow-MJF feud, I'm very excited to see how this is going to go. Very, very excited to see how it's going to go. And I'm also excited to see how the Jericho Appreciation Society versus Santana, Ortiz, and Kingston is going to go. Because that's also long-form storytelling while also keeping it fresh, you know? Like, the feuds that I'm fucking with in AEW right now are Wardlow and MJF and the Jericho Appreciation Society... Santana, Ortiz, and Eddie Kingston because MJF and Wardlow. When MJF was feuding with CM Punk, they were planting the seeds for MJF and Wardlow to turn on each other, and they executed that perfectly, so now Wardlow and MJF are focused on each other. And then same with the Jericho Appreciation Society. Inner Circle broke up, and now they're focusing on the little animosities. Instead of, or, like, instead of dragging it out, like I feel like they're doing with Andrade and the Hardys and Adam Cole and Jurassic Express. It just feels like it's all being dragged out for no fucking reason. And speaking of Adam Cole, this is the way, this is what I see. This is what I want to see, actually, not what I see. So, CM Punk has been teasing that he's going after the AEW world title. I would rather him face Adam Cole for the world title. Because I feel like, I've said this before, I'll say it again, nothing against Hangman Adam Page, but he really is a pretty boring champion. I would rather Adam Cole take the title off of Hangman Page, because I get that they did that for long-form storytelling, again, but I feel like it fell flat because there was no Kenny Omega to, like, tell that story afterward, because once Heyman beat Kenny for the title, Kenny went off to heal his injuries and get better, which, I mean, good for him, because we want him to come back healthy and stronger than ever, but I feel like the story fell flat with no Kenny Omega to follow up with. Because they gave the title to Hangman so Kenny can go heal and take care of what he needs to do. But there would have been a little bit more sustenance to it had Kenny been there. You know? So. But I do want to mention that Christian Cage and Adam Cole is just reminding me how all, like, the veterans are putting over the younger talent. Like, Stone Cold and Kevin Owens at WrestleMania, Christian and, um, Adam Cole right now, even Punk and, uh, not Punk, Edge and AJ Styles at WrestleMania, that was a banger. Like, the generational matches, I fucking love, because it's, like, the generation I technically grew up with the tail end of, and now I'm watching all these new people, it's just so nice to see, it's beautiful to see, but yeah, I would rather CM Punk face Adam Cole for the world title, because I feel like they would have so much chemistry as far as their characters go, 
it just it feel like it would work out better than Punk going after Hangman for the title. Um, Blackpool Combat Club. I'm still waiting on this to play out for a few more weeks before I discuss it, but I'm already intrigued. I like where they're going, even though I don't necessarily know where they're going. But I feel like Brian Danielson is going to be stronger in a. He's strong. He's always stronger to me in a tag team than he is by itself because I feel like Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson by himself is just a snooze fest. Um, but he's just so much stronger in tag team wrestling for me. Like he's a great wrestler. I've seen his one on one work. Obviously, he's a great wrestler, but he just he's better, stronger in a tag team. And I like that he's with John Moxley, and I like that William Regal is playing mediator. I like that. And circling back to CM Punk going after Adam Cole for the world title, I don't want CM Punk to be handed a world title opportunity. I want him to earn his number one contendership. I really want him to earn his number one contendership. Like, I almost want him to feud with someone to be the number one contender. Like, okay. It's right there, written in the stars. Have Adam Cole beat Adam Page for the AEW World title. Adam Page needs retribution because he lost his title. But CM Punk is like, no, I want the title. You can have it when I'm done. Have Adam Page and CM Punk feud for the number one contendership. It's right there. It's right fucking there. I think this is the last thing that I wanted to talk about, but the but FTR versus the Young Bucks said it before I've said it in the past I didn't really care about FTR didn't really see where they were coming from didn't really get it I didn't get the hype behind FTR until the match with the Young Bucks on this episode of Dynamite and I can say that that match definitely silenced the haters turned the naysayers into believers because that was tag team fucking wrestling right there. It was fucking beautiful. I need another match like that because that was just I feel like that should be that should be up there for match of the year. Not even gonna lie to you, that should be match of the year right there. Fuck man. It was beautiful. I'm, I'm like just having like war flashbacks. There were just so many good spots, so much like good synergy, good teamwork. It was just fucking amazing. Wow. Um, but the last last thing I wanted to really touch on was the AEW Women's Division because I don't feel like it's really that strong. And it's sad because I love women's wrestling. And I feel like women's wrestling doesn't get the effort and the support and all that good stuff that it should be getting. 
but yeah, I just ah. Uh, the AEW women's division is kind of lacking, in my opinion. I feel like they could just they could do so much better. They they could just they could be doing so much better. And hopefully that the Owens I'm hoping that the uh, the Owen Hart women's tournament can like strengthen the women's division. But I feel like uh, there need to be. Just like the men, there just need to be stronger storylines, better communication for, like, a storyline to work out. I don't, I just, the women are strong. I just feel like they aren't being showcased to their full potential in AEW. And it kind of sucks. But. Because I I love Jade Cargill, but I want her to be more than the baddie section. You know, I want them to put more emphasis on the fact that she's 30 and 0 without it being so flashy. I want to see more women in death matches, street fights. I want to see Ty Conti separate from Sammy Guevara. I don't want to see them go into a couple's feud with Paige Van Zant and her husband. Like, I actually want to see the women fight and work to want the AEW Women's Championship. There's just so much more that I want to see for our women, but nah, nah, that's just how I feel, because I feel like we, the women aren't being showcased as strongly as they could be. And... I feel like just as much as they can find these opportunities for the men, they can find the same opportunities for the women. But that's just me. Alrighty then. Alright. So. That's it. For this week. See you guys again in two weeks this time. Um, I promise to not miss another WrestleMania or another pay-per-view event because there's a lot to fucking talk about. There's a lot to be spoken about. And again, I will try and look more into Ring of Honor because I feel like I didn't cover Supercard of Honor as best as I could. But I am also still learning as best as I can. Um, But yeah, hope you guys enjoyed. See you again in two weeks. Night-night.